Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Podcast. Stories by leaders for leaders to help you raise the bar on your own excellence to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's podcast. Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange. This is Hugh Ballou, founder and president of Synervision Leadership Foundation, where we create synergy together around your vision for your organization. You're making a difference and impacting people's lives. So this whole series is about how do we do everything we do better. Synervision is about transforming leaders, transforming organizations, transforming lives. And my guest today is a new friend, Ann Donovan. And Ann has a very specialized skill, but I'm gonna let her tell you about herself and her background. And then um, let me give you the title for this, this episode. It's Plan for Success. Why Succession Planning is Crucial for Your Organization. Ann Donovan, welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange. And tell people a little bit about your background and your passion for this work. Hugh, thank you so much for having me on. And I'm thrilled to be speaking to you and your audience today about succession planning. Um, but before we begin, I will tell you a little bit about me. I'm Ann Donovan. I have 20 plus years in the world of human resources. And I know what everybody's thinking. Oh, she's the policy police. But I like to bring a people first philosophy to the work that I do in human resources. And about a year ago, I went out on my own after sitting behind the desk for that long, because I want to take my message of employee retention to smaller organizations. And I fell in love with employee retention back when I was first getting started in HR. I was the employment manager for a large hotel, and I was responsible for recruiting, interviewing, hiring, onboarding. But do you know what I was doing week in, week out? Recruiting, interviewing, hiring, onboarding, because we had high turnover. And that just drove me batty. So I thought there's got to be a way that we can reduce turnover and create a better culture and environment for everyone. So working through data and surveys and talking to employees, it takes a lot of communication. With me, with my team, we were able to reduce turnover from 50% to 30%. And I've carried those strategies on with me throughout the rest of my career. And that's the message that I want to take to organizations today. Love it. Love it. And I want to connect the dots, succession planning and, and employee retention. But mm -hmm. you're what we talked a little bit before we went live today. Um, you approach this from from a people centered uh, perspective. And sometimes um, HR people are, are miscategorized in, in other ways. Um, we also have this whole thing of compliance, which is another topic for another day. Um, but people like you help small enterprises when they really can't afford an HR person. And so what's you've already nailed what you do differently. Is there anything else that stands out that you bring? Now, we take you say you work with small businesses. Nonprofits are mostly small businesses and not and it's not a for profit business. It's a for purpose business. So it's all the business stuff. 
made harder. Because <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's harder in this framework, isn't it? It is definitely because the mission is driving the work. And so often all of the compliance stuff can get forgotten. It's still important, but leading with a people first philosophy is looking at the person as a whole. And with nonprofits, they are leading individuals. They are leading employees or volunteers to fulfill their mission. And with my work, by focusing on the individuals that are doing the work, then it just brings a more holistic environment and I think a stronger, more purpose-driven culture to the organization. Which is really essential for, for reaching your goals, isn't it? It is. Yes. It's nobody's an automaton. We are all humans and we are all going to be bring our humanness into the work that we do, whatever it is. So this turnover, um, I saw somebody do a, a, a paper on it one time, and it's much more costly than we think it is, isn't it? It is. There's so many, when we're looking for employees or volunteers, you, a lot of times organizations will look at the hard cost of placing an ad or posting it out on social media, but it's not just the hard cost of recruiting, but it's the soft cost of once you have somebody and you bring them on board, it's the cost of training. It's the cost of what happens if you can't fill that position. You can have customers or clients that leave. So there's a lot more that goes into turnover than just the recruiting costs. And I there's a lot of different numbers that run around out there, but it's anywhere from one times to six times somebody's annual salary that goes out the door when somebody leaves. Yeah, I would, that's significant. That's significant. And it, mm -hmm. you could say it's the same issue with volunteers because volunteers perform a function in the organization like employees do. Mm-hmm, exactly. It's, I volunteer regularly with an organization now and I've been doing it for an, a year and a half. So I have tenure there and I know what I'm doing. I can go in and do with do what I need to without with minimal supervision. But when I was first getting started, I had a lot of questions. I went through an orientation. I didn't know as much. I made more mistakes. And so I now with longer tenure, even as a volunteer, I'm not I don't need as many resources to fulfill the work. So let's connect the dots. Why is um, turnover, employee retention rather, important for you building your succession plan? And, and let's do that. Then we'll go into the succession planning. So with a strong succession plan in place, it can actually increase employee retention and thus reducing turnover or increase uh, just retention. And so with a succession plan, it is what happens when this person leaves. So if you're the executive director of a nonprofit, think about how many years you have invested, how much knowledge you have gained, how much work you have put in. And if you decide to, let's just say, 
retire one day and you leave, but with a strong succession plan in place, you've already identified your successor. You, there's a lot, there's continuity within the organization. So you've been able to transfer your knowledge to this new person and there's not as many rocky roads to go through. Now, one day, if you're the executive director and something catastrophic happens, without a succession plan in place, people are scrambling to get the work done. They may or may not know what the executive director did. And so they're just putting pieces together and there's a lot of information that's falling through the cracks because there wasn't a strong plan in place. With succession planning, if you identify people to succeed within their organization, that gives them opportunities for career growth, even though it may not be right now, but they know that there's a path forward for them, which definitely increases retention. So um, I'm playing dumb here, which isn't hard. Um, I say, I've got a strategic plan. Is that not the same as a succession plan? If not, what's the difference? So I see that a strategic plan is very similar to a succession plan. And the succession plan is identifying those key roles within the organization. Whereas the strategic plan is identifying the key functions that have to continue on. And so those key roles within the organization, if you, with a strong succession plan in place, you've already identify, identified a person or people to fulfill those key roles if they become empty. You've taken the time to train and develop these individuals to move into those roles, or you can put together the recruiting plan to identify external candidates to fulfill those key roles when necessary. So I'm, I'm listening from a nonprofit executive director standpoint, and they say, you know, I already can't do what I'm supposed to do. I'm so busy. I want to, we have to do a strategy plan. We have to do a marketing plan. We have to do a funding plan. And now you tell me we have to do a succession plan. So talk about the benefits. There's, there's a benefit here for creating a succession plan. So let's, let's focus on that one. We, we've talked about the others, but I can refresh that quickly, but why, what's the benefit of doing this? Oh, from, I think that there's a lot of benefit. Not only if you're the executive director with the strong succession plan in place, then you're able to retire with out of care. Uh, probably not, but um, you know that there's somebody identified to move into those roles. You The benefits are also that employee retention or volunteer retention with they're looking forward to that career development. They are looking forward to learning new skills. You can also strengthen the bench in which you're, from which you can pull. That if somebody wants to go out on vacation, they can do so freely because you have somebody that can just pick up those functions for just a little bit. With the succession plan, and the training and developing going on, you're cro probably cross-training a lot of different people to fill in. If somebody does get sick or somebody does need to take an extended leave, then you can plug in those temporary holes. So what you're doing is bringing an awareness to me, like cross-training, duh. <laughs> 
that's something we don't put front and center. Now, what happens if this person gets sick or they take a vacation, they have a baby, you know, what's going on here? So that's, that's a big, is that often overlooked in your experience? It is. It's a lot of times, and it's just through the day-to-day work, we get so ingrained in the day-to-day that we don't look at how can we use the teams that we have, use the people that we have, and not only bolster their skills and strengths, but also bolster the organization by cross-training. And it's something that organizations just don't spend a lot of time on until it's necessary. They have a resignation in hand and they're thinking, oh no, we don't have anybody to fill this role. Well, there's Jim over there in accounting. He could probably do some HR and we have Sally over in operation. She can probably answer phones. And then that puts burden on people, on the people within the organization that they're probably strapped for time too. And now they just have to quickly pick up these additional functions. But with cross-training, you can take the time before you need to, to get Bob and accounting ready to pick up some more responsibilities and Sally is ready to pick up the phones. Now we have, we have, we're, we're dealing with people here with all our insecurities and frailties. And I, I've been doing this 35 years and I do find a few leaders um, that have this insecurity of, I need to protect my position. So I have, I have secrets, I have trade secrets about what I do. It's even with volunteers, you know, it's my little, my little niche. How do we address that as leaders and in ourselves and others? What a fabulous question, Hugh. It's interesting. I am just now reading Mindsets by Carol Dweck, and she talks, she addresses this exact idea that some leaders, they do want to hold on to their information and keep it close to the vest. And then other leaders are like, yeah, I'll share all of my knowledge. And it's important that within organizations, particularly organizations interested in succession planning, that transparency become one of the core values. Now you don't go away giving away all of the secrets, but with by being transparent, it demonstrates that you trust the people within your organization, but then they also start to trust you and they don't want anything to happen to the organization. So they're going to keep all that information, the trade secrets and the confidentiality close to their best too. There's a difference in in my view of confidential and secret. Secret is mm-hmm. withholding information for power. Confidential is, you know, confidential. Mm-hmm. It's like sharing everybody's social security numbers out on social media. That's yeah. confidential. And you are exactly right. There is a difference. And we do find people with secrets and holding power. Uh, and there's also assumptions about confidentiality is confidential. No, it's not. But confidential is privileged information that is not meant to be shared. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's um, I, um, that maybe news for some people, but it, there's a very, very um, important distinction there, isn't there? There is. It's, I always think about the confidential information is, will I want this blasted out on the page of the, the front page of the newspaper? And working in human resources, I come across a lot of confidential information that I wouldn't want 
to share that it's, yes, it pertains to the employees, but I am entrusted with that information. Now with the HR secrets, the how do we get better at what we do and how do we increase employee retention? That shouldn't be held secrets. I'm going to tell everybody that because I want every organization to be better. If you're coming by Facebook or watching this on a video, we're interviewing Ann Donovan on the nonprofit exchange today. And we're learning a whole bunch of new stuff about um, succession planning, employee retention, and HR from a really good perspective. It's, there's a lot of stuff that you're talking about, Ann, is stuff that nonprofit leaders, maybe because they're so busy in the trenches, haven't gotten to and don't realize how important it is to the overall picture. So when I talk about a strategic plan, all the component parts are in my mind. It's just intuitive for me what comes next. But I'm sure when you're talking about creating a succession plan, people's their heads spin. Where do I start? What are the steps? Enlighten us, would you? Of course. So there's, just as with any plan, there's a lot of information that you can gather beforehand. Okay. It's looking at the what are the key and identifying the key roles within your organization that if somebody were to turn in their notice tomorrow and take off that the organization would not be able to function properly identifying what the core competencies in those key roles are important identifying individuals within the organization that could move into those key roles Maybe they're not ready today, maybe not tomorrow, but willing, who are those individuals that A, want to move in and B, have most of the skills that can, or can you develop the skills that they'll need to move into those roles? And then putting this plan into place and documenting, documenting, documenting so that whoever is the keeper of the succession plan, if they're the ones to take off tomorrow, then people aren't scrambling to see, well, who did we have slotted for this? Or what were we doing here? And then reviewing the succession plan periodically, because maybe you had somebody slated to go into the head department role, but that person's moved on. So now you need to identify somebody else. Then cut you, it needs to be tied into core values of the organization. And I think Anything that the organization does should be tied into the core values so that you never lose sight of who you are as an organization, what your mission is, and what work you're there to fulfill. And we don't do that very much. We write them, feel good about them, put them away, don't we? We do, yes. Or we post them up on the wall and say, yep, those are our core values, but we never check in to make sure we're still living and working within those values. Yeah, yeah. One of our tactics that we teach in Center Vision is um, we move from the words of trust and, and integrity and fair. Uh, we, we move from single words to a statement of a principle. And then when we, we suggest when people have meetings, if you got 10 principles, you review one and, or, you know, and it eventually works into the, the culture as, you know, we value the individual. And that's what you're doing with HR rather than, oh, you got to obey the rules all the time. No. We gotta we gotta improve what we do together, which brings up a big vacuum I see in the whole culture of nonprofit. 
you're you're talking about a collaborative culture within the organization. You know, how do we work better together when we collaborate on this? And that's a whole different different um, learning experience for people. Do you do you find that to be true? I do. It's working within human resources as long as I have. It's I've worked in a lot of silos. And something that I'm seeing within the new workforce now, though, is that work workplaces are becoming more collaborative. It's taking time, and it is definitely a shift from what we've been doing. But working within those silos, to me, was maddening because you were talking about it earlier, that everybody held their information close, and I don't want to share it. And... I haven't worked in one organization that can work in silos. We all depend on different teams and different departments and different people to get the work done. And so I'm excited to see where we're headed with the collaboration piece. We're not quite there yet, but we're definitely headed in the right direction. Well, um, we need more people like you doing that work. And I'm going to show you a website in a minute. So that... That's a that's a big piece of the evolving culture that I, I'm glad that you're stressing. We teach that, but um, I, it's the leadership component, but the HR component is essential to leadership. And there's just a lot of things that we don't, part of what we need to do is delegate. We're not very good at that either. No, <laughs> Having somebody like you to say, okay, help me create this, you've done it, and I don't need to reinvent the wheel. So um, what are some of the challenges and pitfalls that we need to be aware of when we're creating a succession plan? It is that I don't want to share the information. I don't want to give up my piece of what I'm doing. So ego has a lot to do with it. And then there's organizations that focus exclusively on the executive level. So with the executive director of a nonprofit, it's just identifying their successor as opposed to looking at the all of the key roles within the organization. And I've worked with one organization that had a succession plan down to line supervisors. So they had it dialed so that anytime anybody left, there was somebody ready to take on that role. Now, we're, we're talking about uh, different size cultures and you've worked with all of them. And we don't want people to assume this only is necessary where you have a big office staff and a big culture. This this is important for the one person with a few volunteers as well. And, you know, you have a team, even though you hire out bookkeeping or you hire out marketing, it's still a team. Mm-hmm. It is. And, and, we, and we need to invest in our, our volunteers as well. Mm -hmm, definitely. And it's actually the smaller organizations that can benefit more from succession from a strong succession plan because they do have one person wearing 18 different hats. And I think through this process, we could and it take it's reverse learning. We learn how to delegate by doing the doing this process. So let me go, let me go to your your website. And for people listening on the podcast, it's Donovan uh Donovan HR Solutions.com. D-O-N-O-V-A-N HR Solutions.com. And I'm going to show it for people that are watching on the video. So when when people go there, what are they going to find? 
So it's, I do put out a bi-weekly blog about, in fact, in a couple of weeks, I'll be talking about delegation because I talk about trust, empowerment, steps to achieve employee retention. Um, and then I also just, I really enjoy writing the blog. So get some tips and tricks there. And then I have guested on a few other podcasts and I talk about employee retention there. So you can check those out as well. And that contact me. So if people have questions, they can they can contact you. And also on your homepage, the, it talks about your services and the things that you do and what people need. Um, you got to subscribe to your industry news. And so there's uh, the services. There's a tab about that. And memberships and classes, there's a tab for that. There's a whole lot to discover. And I hope by now people realize that there's a whole body of information that we don't know anything about. And if it's not your gift, it's not your job. So find somebody that's good at it, like Anne, and um, get to know her. And I'm sure you, if people put in a contact me question that you get back to them, correct? Yes, absolutely. And that's me getting back to you. We've covered a lot of stuff. If people are worried about all the data, there is a transcript on the page. You go to the nonprofit exchanges, T-H-E nonprofit exchange dot O-R-G. You'll find a landing page, click on the archives, and then you'll find this episode and on this episode or download it on your smartphone, the nonprofit exchange, wherever you get podcasts and the, the transcript will be available for you. So, Anne, what do you want to leave people with today? A thought, a to-do, a tip? What do you want to leave people with today? This has been so helpful. So it's I challenge each of our listeners to go out and think about their own succession plan for their organization and think about how they may be able to implement one in the near future. Lovely. Ann Donovan, uh, thank you so much for being our guest today on the Nonprofit Exchange. Thank you very much, Hugh. I enjoyed speaking with you and your listeners. Thank you for listening to the Nonprofit Exchange. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.